0: Thank you so much for being here today, and we're so grateful that you have chosen to be with us here at Life City Church today. Um, Amazing things are happening here. I'm so proud of our our worship team and our team here. They do such an amazing job getting everything together and getting ready to serve you and just uh, set the atmosphere for what God wants to do, and hey... You know, just I used to play basketball, and one of the things that would really bother me is that for the first year I played, I was what you call a bench warmer. (laughs) So I got to wear the uniform, and I got to uh, suit up for the games, but every time I thought coach was running by to tell me, hey, you're going in, he'd walk past me to the one next to me. So you know how you're on the bench, if you ever played, you get ready, and then it's it's not you. It's not your number. But how many of you know the good thing about the kingdom of God and serving in, in, in god's family is that you don't have to sit on the bench um and so i want to challenge you to, to 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 get in the game i want to challenge you even you know you may maybe you haven't been coming here long and just kind of uh, trying to check us out but you know if you've been coming a while get get involved get in the game find a team to to join as so many teams would would love to have you there for setup and production and in kids and Something happens when you begin to serve. Um, it's one thing to be preached to and taught to. But when you get your hands dirty um, and you get involved and you begin to serve in the kingdom, God just begins to do some mighty um, and miraculous things in your life. So we want to challenge you. Just, just find a team. Find somebody. Any of our team, anybody wearing the lanyards can tell you about things that we might um, that you could get involved in. And God has gifted you uniquely. So we want to make sure that we make full use um, of everything that God has put inside of you. Can we say amen? amen. Um, last thing before we get into this word, because I'm excited about the word, is um, Desmond's already told you about these cards we have for Easter. I just want you to be thinking about who is your one. You, 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 everybody has a one in their life, whether it be on their job, in their uh, housing development, whatever. Find somebody. Um, one thing I did this morning was I, I went through the drive-thru and um, got somebody's coffee and just told the lady, hand this card to him, um, behind me, just let them know that, that God loves them. Um, there's so many ways you can just um, connect with other people, not because you want to fill seats, but because they're people who need to hear about Jesus. I mean, the people need to just experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ, and he wants all of us to be a part of it. Well, are you excited about the Word of God today? Uh, you can do better than that. Don't, don't clap for me, clap for Jesus, because I believe he wants to speak to us today. Uh, the title of today's message really is, is just what about me? There's a question many of us have asked um, in our lives over and over again, whether we want to admit it or not, uh, what about me? And the title will make sense actually at the end of the message, but we're coming from the Gospel of St. John uh, this morning, and I like the Gospel of John because really John was the one that, that he's described as the one that um, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was one of those people. He, was just, he, was, he loved Jesus so much, he was always up under him. You know, you have that kid, you know, if you have children, my daughter, she just, wherever I go, she's wrapping her arm around my leg, and I'm, you know, walking like this. You know, John was like that with Jesus. Hey, Jesus, if you're going somewhere, I'm going too. And, and, and it's not, I'm not just content to go with you, but I want to be close enough to you to, for you to know that I'm with you. How many of you know we all need people in our life that are close enough to us that we can know, hey, they're with us. They're with me. You know, I'm in this. I'm not in this thing by myself. So I love the gospel of John because his job in, in being the disciple that Jesus loved, but in conveying and writing this gospel, he had one goal in mind, and that was he wanted to convey this is who Jesus is. And so in that gospel, we have many statements which are called I am statements I am the bread of life I'm the way the truth and the life and he goes on he, he's constantly Jesus is constantly referring to himself as I am so the goal of that gospel was for people who read it to understand who Jesus was how many of you want to know who Jesus is and, and, and it has to go beyond somebody just talking to you you really have to come into an experience uh, with Jesus. If you come into an experience with Jesus, your life will never be the same. I'm not saying that you won't experience things or you won't go through things or you won't have things happen in your life, but there's something about a real encounter with Jesus. If, if, if we come in these, this building and we sit in these four walls and all we do is sing and preach, but we don't have an encounter with Jesus, come on. I don't know about you, but I don't wake up in the morning just to go through the motions. I wake up because I want to meet Jesus. I want to have an experience with Jesus. I just want, sometimes it's like, I, I don't even have to, he doesn't even have to say anything. I just want to sit in the room with him. You know, I just want to be in his presence. You know, some people, you, you get around them and it's like, look, I just want to be, you don't have the same thing. I just want to be around you because they carry that kind of presence. If, if mere human beings carry that kind of presence, how much more Jesus Christ? And so we're talking about this thing, what about me? And last week, I actually preached from John 10.10. And I want to remind you about that to set this up. He said in John 10.10, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So the purpose, Jesus came so that you and I could have life. Life. He came to breathe something into us that would make sure that we're never the same again. How many of you want some things to be different in your life? You want some things to change in your life. It's time for change. So let's go to John chapter 5, because this is really one of my favorite passages, but um, I'll, get, I'll get to some things in it. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, and this is what it begins to say. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda having five porticoes, or porches, in these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons in the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then was first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in and was made whole from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. And a man was there who had an illness, for 38 years. How many of you know if you had something for 38 years? That's a long time. That's a long time to be struggling, right? It's okay to say amen. We, 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 it's okay we do that here. But you, you know, you can be struggling. You, you ever had something in your life that's been going on a long time? It's not like it's been two weeks. It's been, it's been a cycle for a long time. So it says there was a man there who'd been ill for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been there a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? I've got I to stop here before I go to the next principle. You ever have somebody ask you a stupid question? <laughs> that's the only way I know how to say it. I'm not saying Jesus did that. But, you know, they ask you something that's obvious. And so Jesus shows up, and he asks this man who's been there for 38 years in the same condition, and he says, do you want to get well? Now, when I read this, honestly, it it bothers me a little bit because, like, Jesus, you know everything, first of all. Why are you asking an obvious question? But it gives us a principle here that I think that we all need to understand. Jesus never asks questions for information. In other words, he's not, Jesus doesn't need to find out anything from us when he asks us a question. And if that's the case, we have to ask ourselves, if he's presenting us, if God is presenting us with a question, why is he asking the question? Because if he's asking a the question, there isn't something that he needs to know. There's something that he wants us to know. You ever have somebody who, who, Jesus was a master at this. He would provoke people. And he would provoke them by asking them questions. So he comes to this man and he says, do you want to get well? Here's the first principle I want to give you. When Jesus meets us in our mess, he already knows how long we've been there. We have to stop this because the reason, the reason that I emphasize this point is because many of us have been in stuff so long that we don't come out. We become comfortable in our crisis. It's quiet in here. But we become comfortable in the crisis. But here's what I want you to understand. Our miracle in our life often begins with a question. See, we want people to show up, and we want God to show up in our situation. And give us a, an obvious solution. But if God wants to change our situation immediately, how many of you know all he has to do is say something and he can do that? So if he doesn't do it and he, he poses a question instead, he says, look, I'm going to give you a miracle, but I don't want you to miss the message that I have in the miracle that I want to give you. So your miracle is going to come with a message. How many of you need a miracle in here? I, I, you know, I, God, I've been praying and I need God to do something in my life. How many of you know he's going to do it, but it's coming with A message that he wants us to understand. And so many times we, even right now, sitting in our seats, God, I just desire that you would fix this. I desire that you would work this out. And he's saying to you, I'm asking you this question because I want to work it out for you, but I also want to draw you a little closer to myself. And so he'll present us with questions. Here's the thing that you'll like, just because the circumstances have been Long does not mean they have to be permanent. Just because the circumstances, the situations, the sicknesses, the struggles, the addictions, the uh, relational issues that we have in our life, just because they've gone on a long time does not mean that they have to go on always. There's some things that if we get revelation from God, they can stop today. There's some things that if we get an understanding of God, they can stop sooner than we've been going through them. But there's something we need to see. So never allow the length of your battle to keep you in it. I know this is hard for, for, for us to receive in here. But never allow how long you've been dealing with something to make you believe that you have to be a prisoner to it forever. But it goes back to that whole, the whole crux of this. I have to believe that Jesus makes something available to me, and I have to believe that I can receive what he's making available to me. And now the, the, the challenge of being a believer, the challenge of being a Christian sometimes, is that you will say in the back of your mind, I've heard it all before. You won't admit it, you'll high five, you'll shake your hands. you'll smile, you'll hug, but you won't, in, inside you'll say, I've heard it all before, so I'm just going to do my Christian thing, and then when I go here, I'm going to go right back to my mess again. But when you read the Bible and when you see people who encounter Jesus, how many of you know it's impossible to really encounter him and stay the same? You can't come in contact with the real Jesus and stay the same. Something has to change. And see, now, here's the reality of it. Jesus also allowed people to walk away. So what happens is, is you can't stay neutral when Jesus shows up. Either you're going to get on his side and and receive all that he has for you, or you're going to walk away. But you can't stay indifferent. And you can't stay indifferent long. When you come in contact with him, something has to shift in your mind. It has to shift in your heart. Why? Because God in the flesh is showing up in your life and in your situation, and he never shows up to keep you where you are. And many of us resist Because the hand that he reaches out to us is actually a hand to challenge us to come up. The longer we believe that our struggle is normal, the longer we believe, that the longer we'll tolerate it. So the longer I believe that I'm supposed to stay in something that God has not designed for me, watch this, I'll just continue to tolerate it. And stay in it. The longer that I believe that the enemy is supposed to lie to me, I'll just keep on listening. See, he is like, the enemy is like a broken record. He just keeps playing the same thing over and over again. As long as you and I will keep listening to it, he'll keep playing the same song. How many of you have songs on repeat? Those songs that you put uh, in your iPod or iPad or whatever, and you just, I'm one, i one, I never really liked the song with the person who initially wrote it, so I'll find other versions of it. <laughs> Irritates my wife. She said, that's not the way I said that. It's just me. Just don't bother me. <laughs> so I have it five, five copies of the same different song by, by different people. And the thing is, is I keep playing the same thing over and over again. And the reality is, though, sometimes we know what the enemy is trying to do in our lives, and we continue to allow him to play the same song. No new tricks, same thing. He knows the seed to plant, to agitate you, to frustrate you, to make you want to quit. So what does he do? He says, play. He knows how to get your attention. How? He studies you. He knows what will make you not be committed. He knows what will make you give up. He knows what will make you do wrong instead of do right. And so what he does is just push the play button and hope you pay attention until somebody throw the tape away. Sometimes you've got to rip that thing out, take it out of the record, and just toss it so he doesn't have anything to play anymore. The longer we believe that our struggle is the normal way of life, the longer we'll, longer we'll stay in it. John 5, 7 says this. It says, so after Jesus asks him this question, do you want to get well? The sick man does what we do. He says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool whenever the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming... Another one steps down before me. I want you understand this principle? God never partners with our excuses. He never partners with our excuses for not getting to the place that he desires for us to go. Well, you say, well, that's insensitive. I want you to think about something. How many times does God nudge you and you begin to talk to him about you? He comes in your life and he says, I want to do this. I want to do that. And your response inside is not to talk to him about him. It's to talk to him about you. He says, sir, because he doesn't know yet who he's dealing with. He says, sir, I, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. Nobody will help me. Sound familiar? But remember, I want you to picture this setting for a minute because it says a multitude of sick, lame, blind People all gathered in the same place. How many of you know that's not a positive place to be? You got a multitude, so thousands upon thousands of people who can't walk, can't see, can't hear, can't move, can't can't get further in life, and they're all gathered together in the same place. And only once a year, this angel shows up, and whoever's first is the only one who gets a miracle, it gets movement. You ever, you ever been looking? at a situation and be like, you know, I, I this has been how come they get blessed? How come God does it for them but, but 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 me? What 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 about me? When is it when is it my turn? When God speaks to us, we often look at ourselves and not him. And that keeps us stuck because given self, our ability, our track record. We talk to ourselves, and I don't have what it takes to get where he's showing me. I don't know if I'm helping somebody in here, but I want you to understand something. One of the most frustrating things is to be able to see it and not touch it. To be able to say, God, I see the picture of where you're taking me in my life, but I can't put my hands on it. I got division but the vision is not giving me enough faith to move in the direction of what I'm seeing. How do I know that? Because I sit there and, and sometimes I'll frustrate people with the way I read the Bible because I read it and I ask questions. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, he said, every, th- this man who'd been there for 38 years, he says, every time I'm trying, someone gets in front of me. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, even if you inched 38 years, this is how I read. I think, even, even if I just nudge a little, but 38 years, eventually I'm going to be close enough to just roll in. You know, I just read the Bible like that. I'm not trying to be. You know, so I'm like, uh, bro. <laughs> I'm like, 38 years, you could <laughs> have just had somebody put, if you, even if you wanted to be slick, just have somebody just move your, move your mat a little bit each year. And then somehow you could have just, <laughs> s- something. Something in 38 years. But that's what we do with people. We look at their situations and we judge them and say, you've been in there so long, you should have been out by now. Is that right? Sometimes what's worse than that is we don't look at other people and say that. We look at ourselves and say, I should be further along than I am right now. And that thought, that that line of thought actually moves us backward. Because it says, since I should have been there, and I'm not here yet, why do I bother? I might just go back to what I used to do. I should just go back to what I used to be, because even though sin wasn't good for me, it was enjoyable. See, some of y'all lie. Say, I hated sin. No, you liked sin when you were in it. (laughs) You liked liked what you were doing. You didn't like how it made you feel after you did it. (laughs) But you, you liked what you were doing. Can we just be real? Be a real family in here? Good people are like, no, that was just so terrible, and I just hated it. No, you, no, you did not. You did not. <laughs> so Jesus, finally, he listens, and he's so patient because he sits there, and he listens to our excuses, but he doesn't respond to them. My grandmother used to be like that. I, w- I would talk to her and I'd say, yeah, Grandma, but this and but that. And she's like, mm mm-hmm, yeah, baby. And, and then wouldn't even acknowledge it and say, But God said. <laughs> and so Jesus speaks to this man. He says, Jesus said to him, Get up and pick up your pallet and walk. Jesus often responds to our hesitation, just like this man, with an instruction. And the thing that challenges us is Jesus is asking us to do something, watch this, that we can't do. And so faith is required. Like, Jesus, you know I've been here 38 years just like this, just in this spot. I haven't moved. I've tried. I haven't moved. And now you're going to ask me to do what I can't do. But I like the way the next verse begins. It says, immediately. Immediately. How I many of something happens when Jesus talks? It says immediately the man became well. So something happened. Now, don't read the Bible too fast or you'll miss this. Something happened on the inside first. Because if you read it too fast, you'll focus on the fact that he got up. But the Bible says not that he got up first, but that he became well first. So when he speaks, that word is going straight to your heart to do what it needs to do before it manifests on the outside. Are you all staying with me? And so it says he became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. And now it was on the Sabbath day. This is a beautiful miracle because someone who has been stuck for 38 years in the same thing gets his freedom. For something that he couldn't do for 38 years, he gets his miracle. How many of you need God to work? I mean, you, you, you've been praying, you've been believing. Now, Lord, I need you to move in this situation. I need you to do something. Let this man encourage you because he was stuck for 38 years watching everybody go ahead of him, and Jesus shows up in his mess, and he can walk. He can do something that he hadn't been able to do for years. And all of that is, is, is great, but I have to be honest with you. Can I, can I teach? Teach, preach. I have to be honest with you. After I began to read this and meditate on this scripture this week, it began to upset me. The scripture, it, it, it began to bother me and it began to challenge my mind. I put that picture up there. Put that, that picture up there. It's just a rendering. It may not be. Uh, fully accurate. It's just a rendering of of what might have might have looked like the pool. Jesus reaching out his hand, telling him, "Man, to get up, to walk." How many of you can say, "Amen"? Isn't it great that he got up? Isn't it great that Jesus is a miracle worker, that he can do anything but fail? But but I have to be honest with you, and transparent with you. This this scripture, this picture. All of it bothers me. Because at the beginning of the text, the Bible tells us that there were a multitude of lame, sick, blind, all needing and wanting the same thing. Because if they didn't need it and want it, they wouldn't have been at the pool. So I began to say, God... Why is it that a multitude of people could see this man who'd been stuck there for 38 years? Y'all stand with me? I can't do justice to how much this bothered me when I saw it. They can see him get up, pick up his mat, and go on free and healed. But they stay there in the same condition. And I began to say, well, maybe if we read the Bible right, the focal point of these verses really isn't the faith of the man doing what Jesus told him to do. But it's the unbelief of the others who are watching. Because Jesus walked through and the question that I have is, why didn't everybody else pull on Jesus for the same thing he received? Are y'all following me? How can we all be in the presence of the healing we need and let the healer do it and then walk away? Then I saw a scripture from Mark that helped me understand it a little bit. So seeing them straining at the oars for the wind was against them. At about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. And then here's the last part. He intended to pass them by. Sometimes Jesus will show up, but he wants us to invite him to stay. How many of you know Jesus won't stay where he's not invited? He showed up. He walked through the midst of all this. So. Let me, let me, I have to put this in perspective of you. There is no way this man would have got out of there like that without anybody knowing. Is this checking in with somebody yet? And I said, what is keeping us from watching somebody else experience the peace of God, the joy of God, the love of God, the healing of God, and not saying, God, what about me? Because if I had been there, I, I, I sit there and read this text, and I said, if I would have been here, all I would have needed to do was say, watch him kill this man who had been there for 38 years, and Jesus walks away and he slips away. No, Jesus, wait for me. I need what you're carrying. And I begin to say, is it that our pride will keep us in a place saying, I know what you need, Jesus, but I'm not willing to call out to you for it. Because if I scream, Jesus say Jesus stay. Jesus stayed, then the attention is now on me. See, some of us want freedom and we want healing and we want deliverance as long as nobody knows that I need it. But what if, as he's walking by, like my little girl sees me and grabs my leg, we say, no, Jesus, you can't go yet because I need you to do for me what you did for him. The worst kind of unbelief is not failing to believe that God can do it. It's failing to believe that he will do it for you. Because it's a different thing to say, God, I believe you'll heal him. I believe you'll set him free. I believe you'll give him peace, joy, happiness, prosperity, blessing, all those things You promised. But it's one thing to believe it for them. But do I believe you'll sit there and do it for this jacked up person? Call myself. And you know what he says? He says to each and every one of us, if you just ask me to stay where I am, what I'm carrying is available for you. Stand to your feet. Just take a minute to close your eyes as we do this last one. I want to leave you with this. Never be content to watch a miracle rather than participate in one. The man had been there 38 years. 38 years. Broken. struggling. He's saying, surely there's so much in this text. That's why I want you to close your eyes and listen to me. 38 years. I've been watching everybody else get it. 38 years. I've been trying. And I can't even get close enough. 38 years and people who see how bad it is for me won't even put me in the pool. Surely he wasn't expecting Jesus to show up that day. Didn't even know who he was. He just called him sir. Sometimes Jesus will show up, but he he will keep you from recognizing who he really is. Do you want to get well? well? My question to you, in this church today, whatever you came in facing with, whatever you came in, dealing with, whatever you're struggling with. Question is, do you want to get well? Because the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that means that if he could take someone who'd been in the same condition for 38 years. Okay, God, I hear you. Some of you came in completely hopeless this morning. Your situation took a turn for the worst. It didn't get better. And my question to you is the same as Jesus was to this man. Take your eyes off of that. The only question that I have for you is, do you want to get well? Because if you do, healing is here. (laughs) Because he's here. Freedom is here because He's here. Some of you came in, and, and, and honestly, it isn't you you're worried about. It's it's somebody else you're connected to. They're weighing on your heart, and inside you're saying, "Jesus, just just get them to the pool." Jesus saying I am the pool trying to leave this but I feel so stirred in my spirit today your season if you receive what I'm saying today is shift today Your hands if you can. Active surrender. I want you to put your eyes on that thing, that lingering thing. That's too big for you. I want you to look it right in the eye. It's time to, you're going to face it today. Thing that scares you. Thing that's burdening your heart right now. And I just want to tell you your healing is here. And Jesus didn't need to scream, He just spoke to it. Healing for your anxiety is here. Just receive. The enemy talks loud, he talks loud. Jesus shows up, he just whispers. came and you have a we'll just call it a battle. You're having a faith battle right now. a Fierce faith battle. Just like a child would raise their arms to their parent. I want you, if if, if you can just let go of any pride for a minute, I want you to stretch up those hands as high as you can. And hold them like you just want daddy God to just pick you up. That's an act of faith right there. Just just trust your pastor this time and don't, don't get tired. Daddy, I need you to heal me. I need you to free me from the bondage of my mind. Heal my son. Heal my daughter. God, I I expose those dirty parts of me that I don't want anybody to see. And just wash me right now. I don't don't care anymore. I, I don't care. I'm messed up. I'm jacked up. Here's my heart, all filthy and dirty. Wash me. So I can be everything you want me to be. I'm not complaining anymore. Lord, just pick me up. Give me eyes to see what you see in me. For so long I felt unworthy. I felt like I don't deserve it, so it just just keeps me from pursuing you. And Daddy God would say back to you today, it's okay that it's kept you from pursuing me because I've been pursuing you all this time. I love you so much, I'm after you. Dirt, mud, mess, and all. I'm still after you. That prison you're in, I'm after you. I'm coming right now with the key to unlock it. All you got to do is walk out. God, I don't know what to do with this relationship. I'm at the end of my road. God says, okay, I'm still pursuing you. You, I'm pursuing you. Not the person sitting next to you. I love them, but right now I'm pursuing you. God, I don't know everything about the Bible. I don't know this. I don't even know if I believe in all. You know what? Do you believe in Jesus? I'll teach you the rest of it. I need you to understand that I love you so much. I'm after you. I'm after that family that you're worried about. God, my mind is messed up. Every so often, I feel like, like, like ending it all. And God, I don't even believe anybody would miss me. And God says that is a lie from the pit of hell. Because before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew you. Yes, your relationship is broken. You've made mistakes. You failed. You messed up. And God says, I saw all that before I even formed you, and I'm still pursuing you. And so, this is a day of release for everyone in this room today that will receive it. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to everyone that, that has had their hands lifted to you. I declare release from every bondage in this place today, right now in the name of Jesus. Every wrong mindset, every false mindset, every lie that the enemy has told, I declare freedom in this place today. Every worry, every care, every fear, I declare freedom in this place today. Those family members who are running from Jesus that are keeping us up at night, God, don't give them any rest. Box them in until they come back to you. In the name of Jesus. This this second, this first Sunday in April is the day that everything shifts for the people in, under the sound of my voice right now. I decree it over you right now. Every hard place, every broken place, every bitter place in your heart, that place that wants to quit, that place that runs away, I declare freedom in your life today. Sickness, go in the name of Jesus. Depression, leave in the name of Jesus. Fill your people with the Holy Spirit this moment. Let them feel the love of your embrace. Speak comforting words to them. Put gladness in their heart. And let every impossible thing now be possible through the presence of Jesus. As you sit there, I don't want you to to, to, to move from this place. I believe, God, there's individuals that God wants to do things in. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer over everyone. If you need a touch, a personal touch, or you just want somebody to agree with you and pray with you, our prayer team is up here, and they want to serve you in that way. They've been praying for you all week, and they just want to pray with you. Nobody's going to do anything crazy to you. They just want to touch and agree for whatever God wants to do um, in your life. If you're here, I'm challenging you. I don't know I have the presence of God, so strong in this place right now. If you are here and you need something from God, you're not embarrassed. I want to challenge you to come out of your seat just as an act of faith and talk to one of these prayer prayer, prayer team members up here. You don't have to. There's never any pressure to do that. But if you want to, after I'm finished praying, come up and they'll agree with you. And I believe God's going to do a miracle. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this service. We thank you for the word that has come forth. And Lord, we ask that you would allow it to take root in the hearts of your people. Lord, that they never be the same again, that they walk out not in fear, but in faith, knowing that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all they could ask, think, or imagine. And now, Father, I pray blessings upon their week, Lord, as they travel. Lord, that you keep them protected and safe and that they walk in the fullness of your blessing. In Jesus' name, have a great week. If you're doing next steps, next steps will be next door in about 10 minutes, but if you need prayer, you stay here and you come find one of them these people, and they will agree with you for the miracle that you believe in God for. God bless you.